This is the Growing Eternity Podcast with Mara and Jim, where we talk about the Judeo-Christian mystic traditions of spending time with God in eternity, interpreting dreams, and meeting anonymously. We have reformatted these traditions as modern practices grounded both in sacred scripture and behavioral science. Join us as we talk about Two Minutes in Eternity, Dreaming Once, Interpreting Twice, and Growing Eternity Anonymously. Hello. Hey, Mara. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, too. Thank you. I had a question for you right off the bat. Sure. Do you know if excessive heat makes a mark on time in any way? Um, no. (laughs) You mean from a physics standpoint or are you talking about from a spiritual standpoint? And maybe physics. I don't know. It's been, it's been so bad here. And on Tuesday, it felt like it was Sunday of next week. You know, Uh, anyway, I didn't know if it was just, yeah. Yeah, Well, being hot will make it seem like, yes, time is, you know, dragging on slowly. Yeah. That's all it yeah. is. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a first world problem. You know, you know, normally, you know, it's 60 degrees, 68 degrees in my house. And but occasionally I'm uncomfortable and time seems to go slower, you know. It was awful. So I think it was yesterday. I think so. I don't even know the day anymore, but I, I think it was yesterday. I get in the car, it's 114 degrees in the car. So that when I, I mean, obviously you're not going to like shut the door before you start it. So I had all the the windows open. I had the door open and I, I couldn't see because everything was fogged up. People in New England are good. Well, people all over. They understand if it's hot. It was awful. It's been so bad. <laughs> anyway, how uh, has it, it been over where you are? Well, it's been hot and humid until today when we got basically a torrential downpour for half today. Yeah. Um, where everything's overflowing and there's, you know, the, the road turns into a river and <laughs> there's three foot jets of water just just, just going down the street. It, it was coming down. But we hadn't yeah. had rain, real rain in, in weeks. So everything was starting yeah. to dry up a little bit. Yeah, I was excited. We had the rain last night and big thunderstorms. So um, it was good. I was happy that I didn't have to, because I've been watering, you know, day and night when it's been so hot. And it kind of gave us a little break from that. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was excited because my goldfish pond was getting a little low. And so it, I think oh. it, it's overflowing now. Is that a problem in itself or no? No, no. The overflowing is not. The, I, I, I don't want to – I can't put too much water in it from the hose because the uh, Blacksburg treats with uh, – um, I, they call it chloramine. It's not just chlorine, but it's chlorine like uh, bonded with ammonia. And so, you, if it's just chlorine in the public water, you could let it sit for a day, and you know the chlorine would evaporate. But chlorine bonded with ammonia, it takes like a week to get rid of. So I can put a little bit each day in the pond, but when it's really hot, it's really hard to keep up with the amount that's evaporating. And then I'm worried about putting too much in because mm-hmm. I don't want to kill the fish. No, <laughs> I moved not. the liner <laughs> not too long ago because it, it just wasn't in right when we put it in. And so I drained it and put all the fish in this 40-gallon tub and then refilled it. And then I let sit, you know, but I let, I did, I, I was thinking chlorine. So like, you know, I gave enough time for the chlorine to go away, but I put the fish in and they all, they slowly started dying because the, the chlorine oh. mixed with ammonia was killing them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how That's many I lost. Fair. You know, there might be some of the, but I put a bunch new in, so I put a bunch of like really small, like the smallest ones, little smallest feeder fish you can get, the little goldfish feeder fish. I put those in, and those are those are like an inch big now, and that's been been like two months. And I got a bunch of um, in the mail, I got a bunch of bluegills, like sunfish, I guess. You might oh yeah, call yeah. Them. Um, yeah. You I were put, saying the last week. I put a bunch in, and and then now they're they're uh, they were so small that about I think I bought about. 40 of them, I think. Um, and, and I'm telling you, in the amount of water, they, they, they could all fit, like, basically within the shape of my thumb. That's how tiny they were when I got them. Um, Seriously? And 
Yeah, yeah. Well, now I have a huge thumb, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're about an inch long now, too. They're harder to see because it, it, when you throw the fish food in it, it flips in the top. All of a sudden, it just looks like it's bobbing because they're they're like they're like transparent with brown and stripes, you know. So they're really hard to see. The goldfish you can see. Um, so it's cool. You throw the fish food in, and you just watch them all nibble the um, nibble the food. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's, yeah, that I was must getting, be relaxing. Uh, about a tablespoon a day of food, and now I'm doing about two tablespoons a day. I'll probably go to a quarter cup soon, see if they eat all that. Oh, that's nice. That's very cool. I wish we had – I have friends that have koi, um, but, yeah. Um, they have issues with raccoons or, you know, turkey vultures and stuff. So – or them just kind of flying, like flipping themselves out, you know, onto the, the rocks yeah. and – you know, there was one time that they actually caught one and, and we were able to, you know, bring them back in. But I don't know if I could take that drama. Well, they're, they're in, yeah, my pond's pretty deep. It's like three foot at one end, about four foot in the other. And it's about eight foot long and about five foot across. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So we, there's quite a, quite a few fish in there now. Wow. Wow. So what, what eventually happens to them? Well, the goldfish will just get slowly bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, they, they get up to like 18 inches, I guess. Mm. Um, uh, the, the bluegills, about a, about a, they'll get about a, about a foot long, mm. and then they'll disappear. And then what? <laughs> then they'll disappear. They'll disappear? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, well, that sounds fun. That sounds like a good thing. Or so, not, maybe I won't be able to eat them, so then they won't disappear. So we'll see. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Is there have you you haven't named them, right? No, as long no, as you don't name them. They're too small, you know, uh, um, <laughs> to, to you know to distinguish. Fish one, fish two. And there's yeah. just way too many of them, yeah. But the, the cool thing about the little golder feeder fish, like, and, and they, you know, they're tiny when I got them is, you know, you really want the ones with little blemishes on them because as they get bigger, the blemishes get bigger. So the little tiny black dot is now a huge spot in the back. So those you'll be able to distinguish as they get bigger. Um, the, the imperfect goldfish, you know, the, yeah. and I guess if you inbreed those long enough, you get koi, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any like wandering cats? interested or they haven't I have my their cat it it's too deep for him to get the fish out it, it's not like you know there's a shallow we can go in and just swipe them out he'll stare at them but you know and he you know he chases everything else away the raccoons and everything else away that, you know yeah. our, our cat is kind of um territorially aggressive yeah <laughs> we have a cat that when we walk our dogs um, the, the cat will chase them, you know, so, kind of funny. Oh, yeah. well, we had, we had a lot of drama this past week with our, our dog. Um, mm. yeah, he's good. Everything, everything worked out well, but he got into the trash and as, as much as we have tried to keep him away, um, it was just the latch um there wasn't something in place and um the cat actually walked in and overturned it was the cat's fault again and um and so he ate an onion and it was like we we know like we are so good about trying to keep him away from that kind of thing and finally i said to my husband that's it i'm never putting onions in the main trash again because anything could happen there could be one little mistake and then you know that one little mistake either costs you a lot of money or for your dog's health. So, um, yeah, anyway, so this week has been you know, kind of weird with the weather and, and with that. So I kind of have, I think, I think we didn't meet last Thursday because of that. And so my, my two minutes between going to the vets or the emergency things or um, swimming in, the, in a pool because it's been a hundred plus degrees, um, I kind of have a um, combination. Of wow, it's that hot. I didn't realize that you, you got the heat wave that they had out west. Oh, it was, um, yeah, 100 degrees, uh, 95, you know, many days, you know, three or four days in a row. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's been warm here, but it's been like 82. <laughs> oh, know, wow. 
I'm about 2,200 feet up and, you know, I'm in the, whatever, right on the edge of the national rainforest. So, or the national forest, but which is the temperate rainforest. So uh, it gets humid here, but it, you know, it's really hard for you that hot because there's just so many trees and so much moisture. That's really great. Yeah. It's, it's stupid hot. And I think tonight we're getting more rain, which is good. And then tomorrow it's going to be in the sixties and Saturday, I think too. Um, then eighties on Sunday and then like temperate on Monday, like seventies, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been like, you know, and, and, it builds so you get three or four days of that and every day it's just you know your body is just saying no yeah just don't yeah <laughs> so yeah anyway yeah well well we've got the two minute exercise and we got some dreams so we sure do let's get into it who goes first uh you can go first yeah how, how okay. has, has been doing your two minutes in eternity well, it's been okay, but like I said, it's I, I kind of have two weeks that I had to condense into one because it was it was it was kind of hard. So um but anyway, it was I you know um on a Friday I smelled my dad's pipe again at work. Um this time after I smelled it. I heard him say lean back and I had, I had two technicians in the, in the lab with me and my office is out front and they, they're kind of tucked away. And it was interesting because when I heard lean back, I did. And as soon as I did, I started to cry because I was remembering how my dad would have me on his lap and I lean back and he would be holding me. Um, and it just so happened that during that time, nobody came out into the, the office. But so that was a, just a really precious time, um, you know, smelling the, the pipe and and, um, and and feeling that like when he said lean back, I actually felt my dad's presence. And I, I knew that was God. And so um, that was Friday. And then I heard um, later that day, James 516 and that is so own up to your sins to one another and pray for one another in the end you may be healed your prayers are powerful when they are rooted in a righteous life um and when i read that it made me remember um when there was one day uh, glenn and i were home and i actually i, I confessed to him something and I mean, he was gracious about it he was good about it um, but it was just really bothering me. And I, I told him about something. And as soon as I did, this is the funniest thing. As soon as I did, um, there was a ball of light or a ball of lightning, that came, like a bowling ball um, that came from the alcove um, to where we were sitting. And it hit me and I was drunk for three hours. Um, so it was just interesting that I heard that scripture. Um, it just reminded me of, you know, how powerful that is. Um, wow. Saturday, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to ask Glenn if he remembers seeing the ball of light. Cause it was so, I, I remember it so clearly that I could see this white ball of lightning. And this, this was a couple of years ago, but the Lord reminded me of this when I heard James five sixteen. So, you know, I highly, Highly, um, you know, yeah, what's the word? Yeah, suggest that, that that's a good thing to do. Um, anyway, on Saturday, um, I was reminded about, um, uh, how did I get the reminder? Oh, it was a song. Um, this happened when I was with some friends. Um, I was brought to mind this song called The World Can Wait, and there was a, um, it's called Cornerstone, uh, like an, a festival. And we had been there for many years, like three years in a row doing, um, filming it for a um, documentary. And Jesus brought to mind that during that time, um, I needed some prayer. And there was like this, this, outreach not outreach it's a how do i say it 
um, Cornerstone Film and Music Festival. That's what it was. And so like all kinds of um, alternative, I would say, bands. They had mainstream ones too, but they had like a lot of like Celtic and bluegrass and um, gothic kind of things. And it's just kind of like alternative people and stuff like that. And so we were at this, um, can't remember the name of the band, um, but they were just very, um, you know, punk, I guess you would say punk band. And, um, and I was talking to the woman who it was like a husband and wife team and uh, the rest of the band. And they started praying for me. And one of the things that they were doing was they were like, okay, you, it was like a directed prayer and kind of like creative praying saying like, you're in, you're scuba diving and you're with Jesus and there's all these fish and there's all these colors and you're seeing all these like amazing things. And so I'm like there, I'm, I'm picturing it with them. And they said, but you see this treasure chest at the bottom and Jesus opens up the treasure chest and they stopped and I saw something and they said, and what comes out of the treasure chest um, is what like is your treasure or something like that or his treasure. I think it was his treasure. And it, it blew my mind because what before they like after they you know said that um, I had seen my name come floating out M-A-R-A. And so when they, they said that, you know, that that was his treasure. And, and I just thought that was really sweet. Um, and on Saturday, he had brought that to my mind. Um, so um, on Monday, um, you know, I, I get hit very hard emotionally with things that um, like deal with his creation, with animals in particular. Um, with, with wanting to, um, you know, hearing, hearing sad things or, you know, seeing things and I just don't know, you know, and I feel hopeless, um, or helpless more, more like it. And so I, I said, I share with my husband, you know, speaking in, in a different language, speaking in tongues is so good because I, sometimes I just feel like I don't know what I can do. Um, and, The Lord showed me that the things that break my heart actually break his heart. But, you know, these these heart issues that affect me deeply, it affects him too. But he, I mean, obviously he knows what he's doing and he knows how to handle these things. And But when I don't, um, I don't know, it just felt like he was saying that we're sharing a heart, like he holds my heart and the things that bother me bother him too. So it felt very, um, you know, that, that, that it was something that we share. I don't know if that is making sense. It actually took some of the pressure off of me that it, I don't know, Jim, if, I, if I'm explaining it right, but it, it did feel like a, a, like a consoling. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but just kind of like um, a reciprocal kind of thing. But that's one of the things that really I have a hard time with. But, you know, praying, praying in the spirit actually is, does help because, you know, I, sometimes I, I just don't know what to do. Um, anyway, Tuesday, I had been out in the wind the night before. Um, I had been um, just being like outside and in the garden and the wind had really, you know, kind of struck up. Um, I was enjoying being out in creation components with him. Um, and I heard magical being, and I, I laughed at that because I love the word magic. Um, and I, I find God utterly magical and, you know, how C.S. Lewis talks about the deep magic and the Aslan sacrifice and stuff like that. But, um, so I just I I just love being out with the trees and seeing things grow and um, anyway so um, that was that and then today um, I heard Psalm one thirty three in 
and it starts how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in peace. Um, and then it goes into, you know, the oil flowing down the beard of Aaron. Um, it's like a gentle rain um, that falls on the hills of Zion. Yes, from this place, the eternal spoke the command. And from there, he gave his blessing life forever. So that was, that was my combined, combined two weeks into one week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A lot, lot of interactive relative. And then it sounds like he's just due into some stuff he's done in the past with you too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of bittersweet stuff kind of stirred up. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah, I uh, wonder if um, one of the roles that the elderly have in society um, is to connect people more with, um, you know, the next life, heaven, eternity. Um, and so I just wonder, you know, now that you can see your mom more freely, you know, and, and, and she's, you know, in the, whatever. <laughs> she Lost you. I can't hear you. Jim, Jim, Jim. Um, you know, and I just wonder if that stirs some of that up, just, just, just being around her while she's, you know, in a, um, a transitory state, I say, <laughs> um, yeah, cause you, I, I you think act you actually started, um, I lost you for a little bit. Um, oh, I, I just wanted to, now that you can be around your mom, your mom, you know, more frequently, oh, yeah. um, um, that that her, you know, I think what happens is people look at the elderly and say, oh, you know, they've become very inactive. You know, they can't do much. You know, you know, they're just waiting around. What, what's the point? You know, like not so much. <laughs> why do we keep them around? But, you know, God, why would you let this happen? Why would you let them descend into a state where they're, you know, they're, they're not fully able to do much and they're not, you know, often necessarily fully cognizant or they're, they need so much care. They're not fully around all the time. Um, and I think one of the roles of the elderly, like the 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 the, the end of life elderly, the very old elderly, um, is to slowly transition from this life to the next because it it pulls us, it it, it connects us with eternity, it it sinks mm -hmm. us, um, you know. Um, so I just wonder if that's stirring some stuff up and releasing some stuff with your dad because because that's there. Um, mm. It makes me wonder. So. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me wonder too. Yeah. I just saw her last night. Um, and, uh, it's a good visit. It's good. But, um, yeah, there's just, you know, certain things with Alzheimer's that. It... Yeah. And the other thing too, is like you said, like with the, the, the ball of light that I think what you said, you felt you got hit okay. with years ago that, that caused yeah. you to laugh for a while. Um, oh, I was drunk. It's... I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I, three yeah. hours. Yeah. Uh, Often when you recall things from the past, the anointing, just you can feel it come upon you, at least in part. Um, often if I'm in a prayer line, I'm praying for people. Often I'll remember something that happened to me and I'll pray for people and it'll start happening to them as I pray for them in the prayer line. Um, because <laughs> it's great. not just a mental memory. It's a connection with the anointing. You know, and in fact, it may be more of a connection with the anointing. That may be, The anointing may be stirring up the memory more than the other way around. Um, huh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were, we were supposed to meet friends, um, at a local coffee shop. And I, I said to my husband, I don't think I can drive. Like I literally was, I was hit like three hours from that. But, um, that's, yeah. That's and I think really one of the things that happens when you impart to other people is he takes from things he gave to you in the past and he has it continue to flow through you, you know? So, so those little images and pictures and memories of things in the past ultimately hit you in the present. And often they'll hit other people in the present, you know, because uh, however it works, yeah. the, the, the wind of the spirit from heaven doesn't stop blowing. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. 
So because oh. he blew into Adam and blowing into Adam, you know, meant you know, meant that he was blowing through Eve and th blowing through all of Adam Eve's descendants. Like that wind is still blowing. That that you know that that's why there's you know so many people on the earth because he's the spirit of life Ooh. is still blowing through all the descendants. Yeah. Um oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So the winds never the wind never stops, you know. So the anointings aren't they don't stop. I mean, that's why like it, you know, people are like someone who's anointed is always anointed. Um, it doesn't stop because it's a wind that just keeps on blowing. Now, you know, they could be sinning and there could be judgment coming because of the anointing that's on them that never goes away, but the anointing doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, so. So if anyone sees me All drunk. Right. Well, really let's see. It's been two weeks. <laughs> Caribbean water uh, and then I heard uh, Matthew eleven fourteen, which it says if you're willing to accept that John himself is Elijah who was to come you know Jesus talking about you know John moving in the, the you know the, the ministry and the spirit of Elijah like the Holy Spirit uh, and then later I had this taste and they, this maybe not I don't think this is the first time I had it. I think I've tasted it in dreams and in a kind of awake uh, I describe it as blue seltzer it's it's like you you know it's it's not you know whatever it, it's 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 how I think oceans taste like in heaven but it's mm -hmm. um and I actually got some the other day. I was at Kroger and they had, you know, like, you know, just, you know, whatever. LaCroix is really popular. So Kroger has all their seltzers. And there was one that was a blue can. It's like, but it was plain, but it doesn't taste plain. It's like, you know, so I saw it here before I, I you know, and then I saw it in the store. I'm like, oh, I got to buy that. Um, uh, this is blue seltzer. It tastes like ocean mist, but with no salt. You know, it's just really, you know, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh, I felt a hand. See from behind, I one hand on my right shoulder, and then I think you got the left hand on my the left part of my lower back, like he was standing behind me, putting his hands on me. Um, and then on Saturday, I saw I thought it was a wheelchair, but then I realized no, it was a throne with wheels within wheels, like from Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. Um, but it looked like a wheelchair. I thought I saw a wheelchair at first, and it's like, oh no, it's a chair on wheels within wheels. It's not just a wheel, you know. It's, it's a wheelchair, but it's a wheel within wheel wheelchair. It's really interesting. Um, then let's see. On Sunday, I saw the seven-spoked wheel. It was white, uh, but I seven. I saw the seven-spoked wheel, um, and then God gave me Ezekiel. He told me Ezekiel three three, um, and this is about where he feeds him the scroll, and it was the sweetest honey in the mouth. And then I was smelling like something that was baking with vanilla. It's like I could smell the vanilla in the baking. Um, and then I felt, I can only feel my hand, my right hand. I remember it, my right hand. Uh, I could feel this smooth wood, like highly polished wood, but I think it was a, a ox yoke. I just feel it in my hand. Um, and then let's see. I was seeing this, uh, this is, I guess the Monday after, this spiral stairway in the middle of my room going up into heaven. Um, and then I heard from the Lord that progress is circular. Um, and then he gave me this passage from Deuteronomy 4.1 when I looked it up. He was talking about listen to the statutes and the judgments, which I've been teaching you to perform, so that you'll live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your Father, has given you. And I knew with, when the Israelites took the possession of the land, it was a very slow process. You know, they slowly took over the whole land. Um, and so I just wondered how to go with the, you know, the, the secular, slow kind of growth and progress. I actually had to do with the spiral staircase going up. Yeah. Then I was smelling what I only describe as fish grilling on a campfire. And it reminded me of, you know, when Jesus cooked for the disciples, you know, um, after his resurrection, you know, and, and before, um, you know, he, he uh, you know, where he, before his ascension, um, you know, where they went back to fishing and Jesus, you know, they, they, I'm hungry. They reenacted the fish, you know, fishing inside the boat. And then they came in and Jesus had already cooked some fish, even though they just caught some for the, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and I was feeling this a metal pole in my right hand. It was, it was like, you know, hard and smooth and metallic, but it was vertical. Um, and it felt very long, but I was just feeling it in, in, in my right hand. Um, Uh, let's see. Then, oh, this has been last Thursday uh, when we didn't meet. Oh, this is funny. So last Thursday, and not funny. Um, I was in a meeting and I wasn't here. You know, and I was planning getting here so we could do the podcast. But then the meeting was going long, and I didn't think I'd get here. And I was, I was about to call you when you called me. You know, about your oh, dog. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So I was probably going to really? cancel. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going to call Mara. Then she called me. Wow, <laughs> so that's, that's funny. That worked out. Well, yeah, I say that, but you're, you know, your dog, dog ate onion, you know, which is, you know, I guess highly poisonous, like garlic and other things to dogs. So bad. Yeah. Oh, he's all good. They gave him charcoal um, to bind everything. And yeah, he was, it, it was, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go back in that. That That's really cool. But um, yeah, I think I heard something in the background. I was like, I'm really sorry to bother you, but I just, yeah wanted to connect with you anyway yeah yeah so that thursday i saw the vine again and i've been seeing this vine growing in my you know whatever in the middle of the room you know that i've seen in and bloom with friend with beans and but i saw in the in the vine was like a chair it was like made it's like made out of wood but it was grown in or grown out of the vine and it was like as the vine was growing the chair was going up um and then i heard sound see it's jeremiah 14 4 I think it was talking about the land here. The, the ground is cracked for there is no rain on the land. The farmers can put the shame and covered their heads. I, I think it's talking about some things that are going on at a national level. But um, let's see. And then last Friday, I saw this. It was like, like a, I guess, plate armor on my right arm. And it ended in a blade that was kind of welded into or forged into the plate armor so it went from my shoulder down to my hand and then passed it in a blade mm. um and then i heard zachariah went for it which says do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets proclaimed saying this is what the lord of army says uh, but they, you know da -da -da -da, you know return now from your evil ways and from evil deeds but they did not listen or potentially declares the lord And then I guess it was the same day I got Hebrews 4.13. Uh, the Lord told me to act in strength. Um, oh, I might have actually heard this after the armor and heard the other thing before. But there was no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him to whom we must answer. Um, I think it's just encouragement with the Lord. It's, you know. <laughs> and then on Saturday... I think I heard the Lord told me to divest myself of attitudes. <laughs> and I heard Romans 4.11 and about the, he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith for which while uncircumcised, so he might be the father to all who believe without being circumcised. But I think it had to do with the Lord's circumcision in our spirit. You know, like it, it means that we divest ourselves of added, our attitudes and take upon his mark yeah. Um, spiritually. Yeah. He's so kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Sunday, I felt this. I think it was a crown being placed on my head. I could feel it. Like I don't. It might have been a helmet, but it just was circular. I'm feeling it on the top of it. It was just just being pushed on my head. Um, and it, and then there was this taste in my mouth of like grilled fish. I don't know if it was the fish I was smelling before, <laughs> but it, I knew it was grilled. Oh, it was lime on grilled fish. It was. I can tell. You know, normally you know, like you put lemon or lime, but it was lime on grilled fish. I you know, I could you know. Um, and then on Monday, I felt the staff in my left hand. I could feel it in my hand. And this is weird. You know, I was saying I saw this blue seltzer. I was tasting what I described as blue seltzer. I saw this blue seltzer. I, it was, I don't know. It felt like I was eating blue seltzer fruit. It was like, I don't know. It was, it was like a grapefruit or an orange, but it didn't have a grapefruit or orange or lemon taste. It, had, it was almost like it was seltzer and clear, like I was eating light. Um, And then on Tuesday, I saw that doorway I saw, I guess, probably a couple weeks back in the middle of the room, and it had the symbol for a left on it, the symbol for strength um, on the top of the lintel. Um, and I think I heard the Lord tell me to enter in. I think I had to do the doorway, but I heard Habakkuk 1.9 um, talking about the hordes coming for violence, but I think the Lord was... Talk, telling me to enter into understanding and strength and, and then you know you know it would help um i was feeling a metal collar around my neck i don't know what that was really but it was there 
don't know if it was his service or I'm not sure what it was. And I, I, I was tasting milk. I think I had to do the doorway, to be honest. Um, it's like the, the milk of his word, like I was entering to some understanding, you know, some things that, that, you know, I don't know, maybe from heavenly perspective or basic, but, but not, <laughs> not, not to hear. <laughs> um, and then let's see yesterday. Oh no. Two, yeah. Maybe yesterday. Oh, the room was filled with this, this liquid, like this light, light liquid. Maybe it was like yellow. Um, and it, it filled the room to my waist or maybe a little bit higher. It's like I was all of a sudden I was standing in liquid in the room, uh, but it was like light and it was bright and yellow and light and it was liquid and it filled the whole room. Um, let's see. And then today, all right, I feel him put a blanket or maybe a mantle around my shoulders. I could feel his hands putting it on me, and I could feel it rest on me afterwards. Um, and there was a things, a couple of things went together. <laughs> um, I was tasting basil, but I, I'm smelling stewed tomatoes. Um, and I wonder if that went together, like you know, the basil went with the tomatoes, and maybe it was sauce, not just stewing tomatoes, but particularly for sauce. Um, and then I think I. I flashed back to the liquid filling the room and I could feel like a snorkel in my mouth. Like I could feel that, you know, the big rubber thing that goes in your mouth, so you breathe underwater. And I heard the Lord tell me that I was in it. Um, and then he gave me a passage from Job, which if I read out loud, it sounds very self-pity. <laughs> my relatives <laughs> have failed. My close friends have forgotten me. And, you know, I don't know, something about being in the light under it in the snorkel and being in a place I think other people like to avoid. Um, so, that was my two weeks. <laughs> wow. Uh, so much. Yeah. Now I've yeah, been that's... deliberately uh, like at a given day, I'll, I'll meditate on like the spirit of the Lord that goes through that week. So Sunday's the spirit of the Lord and Monday's the spirit of wisdom. And, you know, that. but then I'll go through the five different senses, you know, so I'll go take a walk and come back and I'll spend two minutes. And I'll just get something. So most of these are maybe one, two, three or four times a day. I get something and, and I usually try and cycle through all the senses. Um, because I am partial to sight. <laughs> I, I like seeing things, but yeah. you know, the, the other things that often bring a lot of context, um, you know, and, and memory and, and association and, and bring us as a realism that you, you know, you don't get purely with sight. So uh, right. I, 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 yeah. I like that, that you do that. I, I never thought of, you know, starting it like, like that. So I, I, there's times that I, I'm having trouble with my words. I'm sorry. I think it's the humidity. Um, that's what I blame. Um, I, I think in the past I've said, you know, what aspect of heaven do I need? And there was like different, you know, aspects like peace or love or um, rest or, or things like that. And I kind of, past couple of weeks, I've forgotten about that. But I think that's neat. And I just, it's limitless. I mean, God is just... There's no limit to the creativity that he could show. Um, so I think that's, I love hearing the things about, you know, the might and equipping you with various tools and, you know, just giving you a heads up on, you know, maybe things that when you go, you know, minister with Aaron or, or whatever, whatever you're going to be doing, you know, preparing you for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me. When we digitally recorded Bob Jones's uh, forward to, to my seer book, um, he alluded to, uh, um, I think, uh, Isaiah 29.10. It talks about the Lord has poured out on you a deep spirit of sleep. He has shut your eyes to prophets, and he's covered your head to seers. What Bob was saying is to shut down a seer, you've got to cover the whole head. you got to cut down. you got to cover the, the sight, the smell, the taste, the touch. And the hearing to stop a seer, but a prophet, you just have to cover his eyes because he's limited to one sense. <laughs> so it's like, all right, you cycle through all the senses because what happens is sometimes you feel stuck and all of a sudden you'll smell something and then all of a sudden you'll hear something and you'll taste something. And then, then you're here, you know, then you're seeing what, you know, you couldn't see before because one sense tends to provoke all the others. Um, well, that's, that's true. And I can relate with the smelling um, or yeah, various things like that. That's very neat. Makes total sense. Wow, busy. 
Yeah, yeah, and then listen, on the days where I get a lot of stuff, <laughs> uh, after I get something for two minutes in eternity, I'll sit and meditate because I know that this is, this is revelatory stuff from eternity, it's, it's, and it's mostly, you know, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and grace, you know, empowering to, to, to do and be, you know, get what we're called to get. Uh, so I'll often stop and say, Lord, is, is there an issue that's that where I need mercy or an issue that's blocking the mercy I need in order to be you know healed so that I could walk in the fullness and often I'll get out. I, I don't, I don't put that in my journal. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like <Yeah>. I'll, <laughs> I'll smell something really good, you know, and I'll, I'll often from the same sense, like, well, you know, like show me an area where in which I need mercy in order to walk into that. So I'm, I smell the growing fish and then, you know, they'll smell horrible body odor and like, oh, all right, you know, there's some area where I need cleansing before the Lord so that I can order <laughs> that I could consume what he wants to give me so I can do what he's called me to, you know, to do. Um, okay. Because, yeah. the, you know, the grace, you know, the revelatory grace from the Holy Spirit empowers us to be who we're called to be. You know, it stirs up all the senses, you know, to the degree that we're called to use them and, and anoints us to the areas we're called to act. Um, you know, but the mercy is for all the areas where we're broken and fallen short, you know, um, and we don't work very well. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> now if I journaled that, that'd be a whole different side of things that would seem less exciting, but probably be maybe, maybe more closer to home. You know, these are all the areas the Lord shows I need mercy, you know? Um, but it, it seemed to me like a good idea when I'm receiving all these, you know, sight, smell, taste, touch things about grace and callings and anointings and things he's doing, things he's calling me to do, things are going on in the land, things he's equipping me to deal with, you know, then when I stop and ask for mercy, you know, it stirs up more of the human stuff. Not that it stirs sure. it up, but I see it, yeah. Um, right, right. Like, oh, I'm bleeding to death out of my left side. You know? <laughs> what do I need to do? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Lord, Lord, I'm wearing a mantle, but I, I seem to be naked. Uh, you know, help, help, you know, <laughs> help me. If it... Reminds me of my two, my, my nephew when he was like two years old, wearing the Superman cape, but wearing diapers or something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's precious. Aw. It's a good thing he likes us, huh? Yeah, yeah. Us. He likes us and he, he does not give up on us. Aw. Until we give up on him, and then you know he perseveres, and then we you know we reject him completely, and then you know, like Herod, when we say bad things, uh, the worms eat us. You know, you know, there's an end to it eventually, but we we seem to be good, pretty good for a while. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> oh, we had some dreams. Let's see. We sure did. Oh, you sent me another one today too, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did. I had that one last night, and I was like, I don't know if this is, you know, I, I sent it with a caveat. But, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny because last week, you know, after we, you know, we canceled, but I think you texted me saying I owed you a dream. Um, mm -hmm. There was a dream I had that I hadn't written down, and it's like I should write this down. I should write this down. It's just hanging. I mean, it's the one I sent. It's like, all right, fine. I'll send this, in, you know. And then as soon as I wrote it down, I was like, oh, I know what this is. Oh man. So yeah. let's deal with your first dream, and then we'll deal with my dream, and then we'll maybe look at your second dream. Really? Uh, unless we have you, you know, read it. I haven't read your second one, so we'll, we'll see. Well, maybe read <laughs> just, it before we do it. Oh, why? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's all right. It's fine. I mean, we've. It's nothing that, you know, when when we were talking dreams with the, the oh yeah gang, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cool. <laughs> whatever it's okay all right all right, all right. right. We'll, we'll give it we'll give a trigger right. warning before we talk about that one. <laughs> so this is the one you sent me almost a week and a half ago, I guess now. Yeah. Um, do you want to read it or do you have? I, I have in front of me. If you, yeah. Okay. I have a. Yep. I have everything. Yep. Okay. I was with a group of people in a house. My friend Wendy was there. I, I did get her permission, um, by the way. Um, my friend Wendy was there. I had been driving my car, and I noticed a street to my left called Dave Davis Lane. As I passed it, I saw David and Wendy walking towards it. I couldn't wait to tell Wendy that I saw that David was very much alive. So her, her husband had passed like probably a year ago. Um, so, yeah. So that was the dream. So it was weird too, because Wendy was in the house and then I see her walking on the, you know, walking towards it. And then I was going to go back and 
and tell her. Anyway, so that was the dream. Yeah, and so I think I sent back. You know, but you were seeing the Great Cloud of Witnesses specifically. I assume Wendy's husband is Dave Davis, right? Yes. Um, that she was, you know, seeing. She was interacting with him, and you were seeing it, you know, and that, he, you know, he's, you know, he said it towards Dave Davis, the, the place that Jesus has prepared for him, you know, essentially. Mm. And she was seeing it. Um, yeah, and I think you, I think after I did that, you sent back that um, that she's been processing David's passing. Um, yeah. Which I think is probably true too, but I think your comment that he's very much alive isn't just about, yes, yeah, isn't just about him processing his passing. It's the fact that he's still alive and he's still walking with her. You know, he's, she's still, she still has a connection to the great cloud of witnesses, which is probably right. part of her, I think, processing the passing that, you know, that you talk about. She's been processing this passing. And I think the end result of processing the passing of those who gone to be the Lord is that, you know, that they're still alive and they're with the Lord. You know, exactly. and they're and they're waiting for us, yeah. Um, and and there's still a connection. There are people that you know I don't know because I'm a weird seer <laughs> that I talked to much more after they died than before they died, right? Because <laughs> they were just around all the time. Uh, so I think I think it is both her her kind of walking and processing the past as he's walking on, but I think it's also about you know the great cloud of witnesses is around us. You know they are there. You know uh, and, and there is they are alive and there's you know and there's life just oh, for them. Yeah. But, yeah, but there there is interaction, you know, and it's okay. You know, it's not like, oh, it's just necromancy. No, no. Jesus said we would do all that he did more. And Jesus hung out with Elijah, who who went up to heaven and didn't die, and Moses, who had died. You know, so mm -hmm. if Moses, you know, so there's a great cloud of witnesses. They're not dead. It's not death. It's not necromancy to hang out with the people who are alive in heaven. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, holding on to people who died and trying to bring them back to life is necromancy processing that you know the death and what they've left behind their soul and the you know all the things in life but but who they are as they transitioned into heaven you know there, there's there's phenomenal amount of life on them you know not only i guess do they get go ahead they know they get mansions in heaven but they get streets named after them apparently um, <laughs> yes i think this would be great encouragement um to wendy um he was a awesome awesome guy and the night well, I'm going to read my interpretation, if that's okay. So yes. I, I totally agree with you. Um, and so what I wrote was to her, I believe the dream is speaking about the last year of walking through processing David's passing, but also an encouragement that he is not far from you and is not actually gone. My role as the dreamer is to pray for you as you walk this road. So to me, you know, because it's not been quite a year um, since he has um, passed. Um, and I, I know that there is, you know, stuff that she's been walking through, you know, remembering him and, and all that stuff. Um, but when I said that, you know, an encouragement that he's not far from you and it's not actually gone was like how you said the cloud of witnesses that he's not, he's still around, you know, he's alive, um, you know, just not. In, oh, so this is the question I had. Did you recognize the other people in the beginning? No, I no, I did not. No. Yeah, I just wonder just if it. you were seeing more of the great Aquata witnesses. You know, like the other Maybe. people weren't weren't just the people here; they were the people there as well. Um, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, and this stirred up the question I had about potentially, you know, being close to your mom while she's dealing with end of life issues, really. Um, is drawing you closer to the great cloud of witnesses yourself, you know, because as she's kind of pressing into the curtain <laughs> between this world and the next, people who are connected to her are kind of being drawn into more of the reality. Because when the closer you are to the curtain, the more you can almost see on the other side, you know, uh, like seeing through a dimly lit curtain kind of thing, <laughs> um, you know, and, and the veil becomes thin where we're where we're pressing. Um, so it's a sad thing, obviously, not just, you know, like you processing your mom being in the nursing home and, and, you know, during during COVID where, you know, obviously lots of elderly people are dying of COVID, but not being able to see her, but then be able to see her and her dealing with health issues and, you know, lucidity issues, um, you know, that's all sad. It's very bittersweet. But on the other hand, there's a sweet thing there, I think, you know, in that, um, you know, that the, the end of the road is a glorious thing. Uh, if, <laughs> uh, if you know mercy, if you know Jesus, <laughs> um, because even though the body's falling away, you know, that's not all there is, 
you know, and I just wonder if the same thing with, you know, this is a bittersweet thing you're seeing with Wendy. It's your dream. And I think it's about the fact you're seeing around you and you're seeing that with her, her, but you're seeing other, I think you're seeing other things too, you know, but that just the stream focus on that. I think the other people, the things you're seeing, it's a bittersweet thing where she's walking with her husband who she's no longer with yet. She's still with him. The great cloud of winds is, is around us. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, yeah, mm. I think that stirred up. I think some of the things I was, you know, I was asking about before. Right. Very All right. Cool. So, then I sent, of course, you know, dream once, interpret twice. So you, you dreamt once, interpret twice, and then, you know, boom, I sent a dream and, you know, vice versa. Um, this is my, oh, all right. Let's, let me find this. I have it here if you want, but. Oh, yeah. So I was near a wooden stairway waiting for Monica from Friends, who I was dated or married to in the dream. She showed up with others. I think the other people from the Friends cast. And she said she would stay with them, I think, implication in a hotel room since they were traveling together and not me because she wasn't traveling with me. I was disappointed and went to get my blue cloth laptop bag uh, from under the wooden stairway to leave. But my Mac was missing from the bag. Um. And you're saying that after you had this and sent it, you knew what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, well, see, you know, you dream once, interpret twice. So once I said the dream, I was like, oh, I got to interpret now. Um, <laughs> but let's see. Uh, so you, this is what you sent back. Um, it's a Monica is the mother hen. I think actually, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just reading all the funny aspects of her and it made me want to binge friends again. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, this really confirmed my interpretation because my wife has been binging friends on, uh, was it HBO plus or wherever it is now? Okay. Maybe okay. it's not HBO. It's, it's a Netflix or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a space of connection, desiring closeness and relationship and are feeling the effect of that being put off. You seek revelations. You try to process. There's some missing components and got a shedding light in areas. There may be hope def deferred in order to help you process with him. You show up, you are there, but connection is hard to find. Uh, so let me tell you what, <laughs> once I wrote this down and then when I, I, I got yours back, I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely know. Um, not only is, so my wife has been watching Friends, but I, I stopped watching Friends years ago because you just get sick of it. It was on all the time. You just get sick of it. <laughs> so I, I haven't been watching it with her. And so it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not in this process with her, you know? And so I, I'm not, you know, there, there's some connection to her that I'm missing out because I'm not, I'm not, you know, I was like, well, I don't want to watch this. You know, I, I watched this too many, too much, too many years ago. <laughs> um, and I think not only, you know, is, is, is Number one, you, another hand is really confirmed. But I thought oh, this is really about my wife, uh, because Monica, she she's got dark hair and she's Jewish, and she's very motherly. And of course, my wife, she is Jewish, and before her hair turned gray, she had dark hair. But you know, of course, we have six kids. That's another yeah. it's like a, <laughs> this is about my wife. She's been going through some things in life that I haven't been going through, and there's been some distance that's been bothering me. And I realized, oh, because I haven't been going through this process with her. Um, I love it's it. Not, it's not, it's not, Monica didn't want to not room with me because she didn't like me or, you know, we weren't together. It's because she was on a, she was going through a process with other people, you know, and she was drawing close to the people she was going through the process with. So on a, on a very superficial level, my wife's been watching Friends with some of her older children, <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll walk through the room, but I won't stop and watch it. Um, but she's also been processing a lot of other things from her life with, you know, that, that she's gone through that I really haven't, you know, with some other people, you know, particularly women. Um, and she's drawn close to them in ways, you know, that, that, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. I'm not going through that with you, you know? Um, so I, I think this is about that. <laughs> wow. Very, very interesting. So yeah. Are you, are you, yeah. Sorry. Are you going to be um, being on the couch and watching friends? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I, I maybe, you know, looking, whatever. <laughs> we'll see. We'll Your see. prescription is once a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's precious though. I remember, I remember um, being in meetings and, you know, it was like nine o'clock at night and you'd be like, well, I'm going to go and, and spend some time watching TV with, with my wife. And I always thought that was cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, like we have so many subscription services, you don't really ever need to watch anything when you don't want to. <laughs> so that's that's really true. Hard. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want to watch that right now. I don't want to watch that, but I want to watch that episode, you know. 
Um, yeah. I, I like watching. If I'm going to sit and watch it, I want to watch every episode sequentially. She'll watch it, fall asleep on the couch, you know, and it's two seasons later, and she'll just continue watching from then. They're like, well, what about all the episodes you skipped? She's like, oh, I'll catch them next time around. Yeah. I've seen it before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's on TV. You know, you just can't, you got to wait two years before it cycles around again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, there's some other things that she's gone through. Um you know, I, I, she spent a lot of time in doing yoga stuff because I think the Holy Spirit was leading her into it and, and she'd go to yoga and the Holy Spirit would speak to her. Um, and she caught a lot of flack from a lot of her religious Christians. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it, the thing is, is, I don't problem with it. You know, when Doubting Thomas, you know, or, you know, history says that he went to India and they were extremely receptive to the gospel in history. This is a very thousand-year-old culture that was gospel receptive when Thomas went there. Um, you know, I know there's issues with missionaries going to India and, and, and a very hard heart to, 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 to modern Christians going to India. But I just know that, you know, whatever. I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> Indian spirituality is inherently flawless. It, it's not. But their culture, you know, I think in, in ways opens itself up to gospel. In other ways, it's hardens like any other culture, you know. And I think, you know, when the church was becoming very anti-yoga and my wife was getting some backlash, you know, I think. To be honest, I think that was more about culture than the spiritual purity. I think it was about, you know, the xenophobia, of, you know, the, the conservative, right? You know, just, you know, going through, because the world's got, the Western hemisphere is going through so much transition. You know, we, we invented, uh, you know, the, the, the mobile type printing press, and we invented the steam engine and, and the uh, telegraph and the telephone and the radio and the TV and the internet. And, you know, it's just very culturally traumatic, um, you know, and I think, in this transition that the world is going through and the, and the Western conservatives are going through and Christians are going through, you know, and they see that a lot of the millennials and stuff are, are, are finding peace in yoga studios. I, I think there's, there's just some xenophobia there, you know, it's kind of, mm. you know, you know, I, I don't know, maybe in India, you know, with the 20,000 temples, you know, but even then they, Paul, when he went to Greece, you know, he, um, he went to Athens, he, he found their, you know, their, you know, whatever their their temple to the unknown God, and said so this this is Jesus. He found the culture. You know, he found where where God had interacted with their culture, and they left a place for it. And he said, "This is this is where you've been waiting to find God," and that's how he he brought you know the gospel to Athens. You know, and, and I think there's a lot of stuff in the Indian culture where they're extremely receptive to spirituality. You know, uh, in a pantheonic way, like like Greece is, and, and there's many many areas where it's really clear they've encountered the Holy Spirit, and they just maybe didn't know it. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, some of that, I think, is some of the journey she's gone through. It's not that I, I was like, hey, that's wrong. It's like I just haven't gotten backlash because I, I don't do yoga. <laughs> I don't talk right, about right. it. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, um, yeah. But I think it's because in the dream, honor was returning from the trip, and it was just the tail end of it, you know. And I think that you know this the process, you know. Um, yeah, because my wife is now a certified yoga therapist, and she'll sit with someone, you know, and, and she'll she'll ask them what's going on in their body, and, and then the Holy Spirit will show up, and there'll be breaks, and they'll be crying, you know. Um, it, it's very very powerful. Um, your your wife, you know, I remember the first time I ever met her, um, and there were all these women, you know, that wanted to to meet her, you know, and I knew of you, but I I never knew who she was, and so I'm watching these women. And one by one, they're, you know, talking with her and they're bawling their eyes out. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I'm thinking, how embarrassing for, for her. And I was like, oh, you know, and I went up to, to talk to her and I started bawling my eyes out. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but she she does. She's incredible. I, I have I have the honor to 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 be with her like once a month and be her friend. And so I'm just um she does have a very, very um, beautiful, kind heart. And so I, I don't doubt that the Holy Spirit works for her powerfully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's something she's gone through with that that I haven't gone through that I, uh, I think is coming to an end, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they stir up a lot of stuff. And when you said Monica's mother hen, it's like, I was like, oh, I doubt it. This is definitely about my wife. <laughs> I thought it was, but that, you know, <laughs> um, so... Cool. Very interesting. Very, very interesting, yes. All right. Now, I haven't really read this, but I, I got uh, two sentences in. It's like, oh, we should give a uh, a trigger warning to people that uh, are, are have a delicate constitution when it comes to stuff in dreams. <laughs> it's just a weird, 
<laughs> Do you yeah. want to read the stream that you sent today? I'll read it. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. So I was in a house, in a house. I don't know. I was in a house and you were there, Jim. I had to, ch I had to change my pad. It's my period. The pad was huge and I had bled a lot. I was going to change the pad and take a shower. You were heading in there too, and there was nothing sexual in nature. I knew the shower had a curtain, and when I was heading in there, I was going to have already taken off my clothes and be behind the curtain, so there wasn't anything immodest. Next, I was in a church, and you were behind me, and Nims and Basil, um, your dog, were yeah. in the same row as me, but on the right wing of pews. You know how like some churches, they're like, the left yeah, yeah. wing, and then there's like, okay, yeah. Um, I was in the center part. Um, the priest called us to welcome your neighbor, and you leaned in as I turned to you to say our hellos. You had a thick mane of stark white hair, similar to Ted Danson. Mims got up at the podium with Basil. My computer screen just went blind. Um, with Basil, and I don't know what was happening, but she and him, she had him, and it was something special. Um, next, you were in a large white pickup truck. There were some letters on the outside that I can't remember and something in the car with you in the cab. And I wish I could remember both of those elements. It was something specific to where you were going. That was, that was the dream. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing, you know, um, except, except that, you know, it could be the Lord, um, coming with me, um, I don't know. I, I literally had it this morning and um, was like, what the heck? Anyway. Processing. Oh, there's that word processing again. Are you there? Doot, 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 doot. Jim, Jim, Jim. Hey, Mara, you're back. Hey, hey, welcome oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see. Maybe I can record. Tune in next time. <laughs> to hear the interpretation of the stream. Uh, <laughs> now, what I was saying, and I don't know, if because I could hear you for a while when you couldn't hear me, so we'll see what, what came through. Um, mm. But I think this has to do being in the house of the Lord and you processing some emotional issues. Um, mm. And you know, being in a place around me where there's, you, you know, where there's cleansing going on and vulnerability, which maybe these conversations we've been having that we have been recording. Um, and then I think it shows some stuff going on inside the church um, where we're in a similar place. You know, we're neighbors as far as our process and what's going on, you know, how we're going through what's the process that's going on in the church, uh, along with my wife and apparently uh, our, <laughs> our dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I suspect Basil represents some things that, that my wife and I are doing that are coming with us into the next, you know, kind of what's going on inside the large church as a whole. Um, yeah. It was um, special. I remember it was a very special event. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I just wonder if it's it's what's going on now. You know, like in, in the, the the church, you know, the church is going through a transition. But you know, Jesus promised that the gates of hell wouldn't transition again. You know, wouldn't prevail against it. So the church, even the church, is going through extreme transition right now. There's you know, and the, the conventional, locally incorporated churches and their Sunday services and their buildings, you know, you know, have gone through not only because of COVID, but I think it's a societal change of God's, but the, the God's still working inside the church and the church will not fail. You know, it won't fall apart. Now it may not be recognizable. Um, and the people who are holding on to conventions may find that, you know, maybe they're not in the church. They're just holding on to what the church used to look like. But, you know, I think this shows what's going on inside the larger church and that we're neighbors in the sense we're going maybe through some similar things, similar, similar. We're processing the change in the church in a similar way. Um, okay. Yeah. 
So cool. yeah, so full head of white hair, which is, you know, I don't have a lot of white hair, but you know, that's more hair than I have. So I, it, they may have to do is, <laughs> you know, for, for wisdom for the season and the pickup truck. Uh-huh. May have to do, yeah. Yeah. Some work to do some, some ministry going on and, you know, uh, yeah. So that's, that's what I think the dream's about. Just, just oh, nice. All the right. processing and the, and the, and the, and the preparation going on for what's going to happen, what's happening in the church, you know, that you're, you know, that uh, you're not alone. There's other people going through it with you. Um, yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. And then I have a lot more hair. I have a lot more hair in the spirit than I do in the natural. So you do. It was good. It was nice. It was bright white. Oh, pretty. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, before we get (laughs) bumped again, we should end here. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry for the technical stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It might have been my end. Um, So until next time, Mark, it's been great talking to you. Good talking to you too, Jim. Bye. Bye. (laughs) This has been the Growing Eternity podcast with Mara and Jim. For more information, including how to record and submit questions, or coming on the podcast to talk about your own journey with Two Minutes in Eternity, Dreaming Once, Interpreting Twice, and Growing Eternity Anonymously, go to growingeternity.org. This is my spiritual disclaimer. I have a personal relationship with Jesus, whom through faith I know to be God's Son. Through him, I know God the Father, who has poured out God the Spirit on all flesh. I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God and is both factually and symbolically true, although some passages at different times have a greater emphasis on either facts or symbols. I believe that our translations, interpretations, and applications of Scripture are imperfect, but, through, but that through the Spirit we are led into all truth. You do not need to have the same understanding or faith as I do to benefit from or participate in this podcast or the practices discussed. If you are seeking a higher and better power of some sort, we will have some common ground. Please feel free to adapt these podcasts to your own personal journey and perspective. Although I believe God offends the mind to reveal the heart, it is not my personal intention to cause offense to any specific person or group, rather that all people might be offended by the truth comforted by the Spirit, and transformed as a result. I believe in prayer, but in general, I'm trying to avoid enabling a consumer spirituality whereby people would listen to prayer and feel that they themselves acted spiritually. It is the purpose of this podcast to inspire you to daily spend two minutes in eternity with God, dream, interpret your own dreams and the dreams of others, to gather in safe, anonymous, and accountable spiritual communities. To that end, I pray that God the Father would pour out his spirit of grace and mercy on you, that he would manifest righteousness and justice in your lives, and that he would open your senses to observe him so that you might know him forever. I pray specifically that there would be grace to spend time with him and mercy where we fall short. I pray this by the blood and the name and through relationship with Jesus.